Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading for this, I think it's 24th Sunday after Pentecost, nearing the end of the church year, is recorded for us in the prophet Zephaniah. Again, the word of the prophet is clear about the day of the Lord. Be silent before the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated His guests. And on the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all who array themselves in foreign attire. On that day, I will punish everyone who leaps over the threshold and those who fill their master's house with violence and fraud. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will be heard from the fish gate, a wail from the second quarter, a loud crash from the hills. Wail, O inhabitants of mortar, for all the traitors are no more. All who weigh out the silver are cut off. At that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps. And I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, The Lord will not do good, nor will He do evil, ill. Their goods shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day. A day of distress and anguish. A day of ruin and destruction. A day of darkness and gloom. And day of clouds and thick darkness a day of the trumpet blast, and a battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is recorded for us in the first letter to the Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Paul writes as the Holy Spirit carries him along. Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation." For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. 
Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to please stand as we join in the triple Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, It'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master came to those servants, settled accounts with them, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing the five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had received the one talent forward, came forward saying, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant! You knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have not scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance." But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast this worthless servant out into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, O Well, good morning. It's so wonderful to see you all here, joined together here for this day of worship. Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as you can see in our slide here, we're talking about light. And light is something that is really interesting. See, when you see how, in terms of science, light can be like particles. 
Like tennis balls that you throw at the wall as they bounce off, you can see where the light is reaching. Or when you see the waves, how long and how short they may be, you can see what color they will produce. But apart from that, we really don't understand light scientifically. We don't really understand how it works. So that lightsaber you've all been wanting for so long, we'll just have to wait just a hair longer. But however, when we come to understand light in terms of literature, we have a better grasp. See, in the stories from all the world over, light is described as the embodiment of good, perfect, right. Everything that is perfect and counter and opposite to evil. And you see it in stories from tales of the epic of Gilgamesh all the way through, through J.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. And you would see in those stories how they embody this and how they understand it. Tolkien took his ideas from when he was from Middle Earth and the people therein and described this light, this darkness, this tension between the two as a way to understand what he saw when he was fighting in the trenches of the Battle of the Somme. And which is why you have this clear distinction found in his work. You know, for those of the light, the elves, men, hobbits, dwarfs, they embody the light. But yet you have those who serve the dark, the shadow, these twisted, disfigured Danzians of the dark, whose sole purpose is to serve the dark and spread that sickness across the land. It's amazing. It's amazing how literature is able to capture these major themes, capturing the attention of our, the readers and bringing them into the world <coughs> to, able to help them envision what is taking place, to see what light and dark can look like in physical form. But literature can only go so far. Our languages can only capture so much. See, light is more than what literature can get at and more than what science can even touch. The light that we know and love has only been revealed in the written and word and revealed word of God. It is only when you and I turn our attention to this word do you and I finally figure out what this light is. For we are of this light. And that light, that light is Christ, plain and simple. The light is our Lord and our Savior. For Christ states, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And these words are echoed by Paul in his letter to the Thessalonians, to the church, to these Christians, where Paul's encouraged them to remain steadfast. How they've been so receptive of the word of the gospel and how they've endured so much because of this faith and the ridicule and mistreatment they've they have received from their own kin. And yet Paul takes his time to highlight how they are an amazing example to all Christians around the world, even when they face ridicule for what it is that they believe. But now as we move into this later, this last portion of his letter, Paul is emboldening them in their faith. But why? See, he has already spent most of the letter doing this already. So what more does he have to say? And see, as Paul moves into this end of his letter, 
he highlights how Christ will return. Though when he writes about, he describes the Lord's return as a thief in the night. He writes, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But here's the catch. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. He's emboldening them because they will not be caught unaware. They will not be overcome with fear, for they won't, have, they won't feel like there is no escape. For the day of the Lord is a day of rescue to the people of God. But for those who claim lies of peace and security, that day is truly terrifying. Which is why Paul reminds them, for you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of night nor of the darkness. Night and darkness. It's amazing how Paul puts these different themes in his own letter, in this little paragraph here. See, for us, these are words that bring to mind that we should settle down for the night, rest up, recharge our batteries, await the arrival of that beautiful dawn that greets us as we arise from our slumber. Or your dog barking at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's a wonderful thought. And unfortunately, that's not what the apostle is getting at. See, Paul makes a clear distinction between those of the night and those of the day. Lives are completely and totally opposite to one another. Where, we're, where one would find peace and security through the promises of faith in Christ. The other would find peace and security in themselves. One would follow, love, and cherish the words of the Lord. And the other would love to hear their voice just a little bit more. See, while both are drastically and completely different from the other, those of the night are not monsters. They're not like the trolls, the goblins, the orcs, the densings of the dark from myth and legend or those recorded in numerous works such as Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. But it's as if they say they have this cloak of darkness that covers them. Thus everything they say, everything they do, everything they think is all skewed. Skewed because they have become convinced that this darkness is light. Thus everything about them is guided by their own selfish desires. They are convinced that what they're doing is right. But listen to what Paul writes about them. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. These are people guided by their own fallen, sinful, and human nature. Guided by their own sin. And they think that what they're doing is good. And the worst part about this it's still happening. People are continually following this life of darkness. For it is more common to worship the creation than it is the creator. It is more common to accept the lies and half-truths of this twisted and corrupt world than to cling to the embracing light of Christ and the promises and the truth that he gives to us. It's easier to be drunk on lies and have these half-truths 
than to be sober and ready for the day of the Lord, a day of judgment. But even with that being said, living like this, living in the night, in the darkness, is dangerous. Maybe dangerous doesn't quite get at it. It's terrifying. It is truly terrifying. For here are these souls who have this false sense of peace and security, who are brought into this life shrouded by the darkness, who will not be prepared for Christ's return. And as Paul makes plain and clear, there is no escape. No one will escape that day. And this is why Paul reminds these fellow brothers and sisters of Christ in Thessalonica. He reminds them that since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of our salvation. But if you listen, and if you listen to these words that Paul is referring to, he's referring to the fact that they, the Thessalonian Christians, are prepared. They have seen this light the light of the gospel, which is Christ. And they are ready to meet this day. Through faith, they have adorned the armor, the breastplate, and the helmet. Which is interesting to hear as Paul used these exact same words again in his letter to the Ephesians. And here reminding us that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the lies, the deceit, the slander, everything that furthers this darkness the shadow, this night. But they, but they, the Christians in Thessalonica, don't belong to this encroaching darkness. They are not spiritually dead as those who are asleep sleep at night and those who are drunk get drunk at night. They are not like them at all. They are not following their own selfish desires. They are not according to the word, to the world and its, to its lies. For they are living as those who have been called by the gospel. They have salvation, and that salvation is theirs through faith in Christ. It's because of their salvation in Him that they can be called children of light, children of the day. For they belong to Him, not to this darkness, not to anyone else but Christ. I mean, that's amazing. That's wonderful. That's amazing news to hear from Paul. And amazing that he's made it plain and simple to them. And what he's saying to them, he is saying to us as just the same. Paul is giving them words of encouragement, hope, life, salvation. Everything that a Christian needs to hear again and again and again. Reminded that they are not like everyone else. They're not those who live in darkness. As Christians, we are different. Our hope is found in Christ. Our life is given meaning because of Christ. Everything we say, everything we do, everything we think has been changed because of Him. And our lives are made to set to imitate Him just the same. But we don't just follow Him and continue living as if we're still in this darkness. Our lives are not dictated by this night. For we are Christians. We are of the light of Christ. And we have this. It's given to us always. 
That's given there in the waters of holy baptism. As we will see in our second service. And the waters of holy baptism, a sacrament, a gift, where we welcome new members into the body of Christ, where they receive the word of God, the gift, forgiveness of sins, and are robed in the righteousness of Christ. For in baptism, we are baptized into his death and to his resurrection. We will stand. We shall then stand for, without fear before the judgment seat of Christ. And ever live, and let us live then, for, therefore, in his light, so that we will be ever watchful for his coming. For indeed, his return will be frightful. Terrifying to those who do not know him. It will come for them regardless whether or not they believe in the lies and the half-truths of this world. For those in darkness, the day of the Lord is doom. It is their doom. But for those of the light, those who are robed in the righteousness of Christ, those who have received him, those who have been baptized into his death and resurrection, the light that day is a new dawn. And see, the darkness will no longer appear. Where the night will be bright as the day, where you, myself, and all other Christians will live forever in the light of Christ. So be ever watchful. Live of those who have been called by the gospel. Live as those who have hope, not in this world, but in the world to come, where we look for his eternal light that will chase away this darkness. For we are of the light. His light. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.